what are rod-like calcifications. These are calcifications associated with duct ectasia, and they are benign calcifications. They can be solid or discontinuous, and the key thing to know is that they're smooth and linear rod or calcification and can vary in diameter from 0.5 millimeter or greater. Again, these are not small calcifications that you cannot see easily. These are calcifications that are easily seen and they're in ductal distribution and associated with duct ectasia. Now, from talking about rod calcifications, we're going to talk about more suspicious calcifications. These calcifications are typically described as small or hazy in appearance, and we cannot describe them with a particular shape. What calcification am I talking about? I'm talking about amorphous calcifications, and the name amorphous tells me what I need to look for. Amorphous, meaning they do not have a shape, because they're too small that we cannot find out what shape they represent. And again, amorphous, meaning they do not have a form, and so they're hazy in appearance. So too small to see, hazy in appearance, we know that they're calcifications because of their density, and those are suspicious calcifications. They're categorized, or their positive predictive value for those calcifications is 20%. Again, amorphous calcification associated with positive predictive value of 20% of having cancer. Now, if we were to give them a BIRAD classification, because they're 20% positive predictive value, amorphous calcification fall in BIRAD 4B category. Now, since we talked about amorphous calcification, now is a good time to talk about a different type of calcification that are even more suspicious. I'm talking about the fine linear or fine linear branching calcifications. And typically, these calcifications from the name are described as thin, linear, irregular calcifications. And their measurement, we can measure them. They're smaller than 0.5 millimeter. Remember, we said the uh, duct ectasia or rod-like calcification are greater than 0.5 millimeter. These are less than 0.5 millimeter, but they're more defined than amorphous calcifications. They're fine linear calcifications or fine linear branching, they have the highest positive predictive value of any calcification. Their positive predictive value is 70%. So if we were to categorize them, they would be BIRAD 4C. Again, they're BIRADs 4C, fine linear calcification or fine linear branching. And as the name suggests, they're thin linear calcifications. What is the differential for multiple bilateral breast masses? Again, multiple bilateral breast masses, which means at least three breast masses, and two can be within the same breast, and we have to have a third one in the other breast. The differential for it is, number one, cysts. Cysts are common, so you can have multiple cysts bilaterally. Second most common differential is fibroadenomas, and finally papilloma, and metastasis. The metastasis, our most common metastasis to the breast that would cause multiple masses is melanoma. Again, differential for multiple bilateral breast masses, cysts, fibroadenomas, papillomas, and metastasis. And most commonly, melanoma is the most common metastasis that would cause multiple bilateral breast masses.
what is the differential for irregular breast mass? Now, there are a couple of important words to focus on here. One, we said irregular, so that's the margins or the shape of the mass. And then we said a mass. A mass in the breast has to have convex or convex outward borders, and that would classify it as mass. And because it's a mass, we would have to see it on two dimensions. The differential for irregular breast mass are four things. One, radial scar, post-op scar, breast cancer, and fat necrosis. I know this has seemed like a rote memorization, but they will ask this question and they'll give you a list of five things or four things and tell you which one is not a differential for irregular shaped breast mass. Again, radial scar, what radial scar means is basically a idiopathic process that is associated with sclerosing ductal hyperplasia. Again, radial scar, post-op scar, breast cancer, and fat necrosis. We'll talk about this question in more details later, but what are the subtypes of IDC or invasive ductal carcinoma? We have four types, papillary, medullary, mucinous, and tubular IDC. Again, the subtypes of IDC are papillary, medullary, mucinous, and tubular carcinoma. I'm going to repeat them one more time. Subtypes of IDC are papillary, medullary, mucinous, and tubular adenocarcinoma. Another one of those questions that is rote memorization is the differential for developing asymmetry. So developing asymmetry differential include IDC, ILC, and non-calcifying DCIS. Again, this is the malignant differential. There is a benign differential for developing asymmetry. We'll talk about this later. But the malignant differential for developing asymmetry is IDC, ILC, and non-calcifying DCIS. A management question regarding when to perform surgical excision after a benign biopsy result. There are a few things, and we talked about uh, flat epithelial atypia and ADH in the episode prior, but there is a longer list of differential that we need to be aware of. Again, this is when we get a benign biopsy result. It can be discordant or concordant, but if we get these results, we need to perform a surgical excision of the sample, and that's because we sampled smaller area of tissue and a cancer can be hidden in the rest of the tissue. This include ADH, which we talked about, LH, LC, IS, radial scar, papilloma, and whenever the pathology is discordant. Again, ADH, ALH, LCIS, radial scar, papilloma, and discordant pathology. I don't think I mentioned flat epithelial atypia in this differential, but flat epithelial atypia is also a part of this differential. It's kind of part of the ADH differential. What is the differential for breast mass with coarse heterogeneous calcification? Differential for it is fibrocystic changes, fibroadenoma, papilloma, and high-grade DCIS again. Differential for coarse heterogeneous calcification is fibrocystic changes, fibroadenoma, papilloma, and high-grade DCIS. 
it's important to know this differential because they will ask it or give you course heterogeneous calcification and tell you which is the differential for it and they'll list one of those things or they will list all four things and tell you which one of those is not the differential for course heterogeneous calcification. So I'll repeat them one more time. Differential for mass with coarse heterogeneous calcification, fibrocystic changes, fibroadenoma, papilloma, and high-grade DCIS. What is the key imaging feature that will let us know that a lesion is superficial or skin-based lesion on mammogram? The key feature is radiolucency surrounding the mass. When it's compressed or when the breast is compressed, the there would be air around the mass. So let's say there is a mole on the breast. As you can imagine, when the breast compressed, there would be air surrounding the borders of the mass. And that tells us that this is a skin-based lesion and not a breast mass. Another common question or a way of asking you what you understand about milk of calcium calcifications. So milk of calcium calcifications represent benign calcification within a cyst. And as you can imagine, calcifications are thicker than fluid or denser than fluid within a cyst. So they would settle down at the bottom of the cyst. Now our conventional breast views are CC and MLO. And because of those views, the way we obtain them, we do not really classify calcification based on gravity position. So they can give you a calcification on CC or MLO view and ask you what is the next step. If you're thinking they're milk of calcium calcifications, then you get a 90 degree lateral. Or what you can do, or another way they can show you is they'll show you a CC view and then they show you 90 degree lateral view and you see the change in shape of calcification where they would layer at the bottom of the cyst and that would be consistent with milk of calcium calcification. What is the differential for architectural distortion without a mass? Again, this is architectural distortion without a mass. Differential for it is five things. Radial scar, post-op scar, IDC, ILC, and fat necrosis. Again, differential for architectural distortion without a mass. Radial scar, post-op scar, IDC, ILC, and fat necrosis. I will likely review these concept, at least the rote memorization concept in the upcoming episodes to make sure that we know them well. Invasive lobular breast carcinoma or breast cancer is one of those differentials or cancers that are very hard to pick up because it does not have mass configuration and it's very hard for us to pick it up even on MRI. But it's important to know how it looks like or how it may present on MRI Typically, if we were to see it on MRI, we see an infiltrative L-defied mass or asymmetry in the breast. Again, invasive lobular carcinoma, infiltrative L-defined mass or asymmetry within a breast. We talk about calcification in the breast a lot because it's a hallmark or imaging presentation of DCIS. But we also need to know what calcifications we can ignore and say that they're benign calcification. 
And a list of this calcification is not really important for us to memorize as a list and be able to recite, but it's important to know if I mention any of these names to know that they present with benign calcification. And they start with basically the coarse or popcorn-like calcification, which we talked about previously, which is consistent with involuting fibroadenoma. Another one we talked about, we talked about the rod-like calcification or large uh, rod-like calcification. Round grouped calcification is considered benign. This is sometimes considered a birad 3 if we don't have any priors, but we'll talk about this later. But round calcifications are considered benign calcification. Rim calcification refers to calcification on the wall of a cyst, and this is consistent with either a calcified cyst or fat necrosis. Dystrophic calcifications, which can be seen in the setting of breast irradiation or breast trauma. Milk of calcium calcifications, which are calcification layering within a cyst. Sutural calcifications are calcifications from suture and scar. Skin calcifications are obviously benign, and vascular calcifications are also benign calcification. Again, a list of benign calcifications include coarse or popcorn calcification, large rod-like calcification, round punctate calcifications, rim calcifications, dystrophic calcification, milk of calcium, sutural, skin, and vascular calcifications are all benign. Now, when I was talking about benign calcifications, I mentioned group round calcification or round calcifications as benign calcifications. These calcifications typically with a diameter of less than 0.5 millimeters, so they're on the smaller side, but they're punctate and round. They have circular borders and the way we look at it, we look to see if there is stability, if they're present from prior and they look the same, we ignore them. If they're new or on a screening mammogram that we called back for a diagnostic mammogram, we assign them a BIRAD3. BIRAD3 require them to be followed every six months or biopsied. Again, group punctate or round calcifications are considered benign. We give them BIRAD3 if they're on new on a diagnostic mammogram, and we follow them every six months for two years interval to confirm their stability. If we have a mammogram from prior which confirms their stability, then we can ignore them or call them uh, BIRAD2. What is the utility or the use of indistinct margins? Now, when we say indistinct margin, we're implying a suspicious finding, and so we should not use it lightly in breast imaging. And when we use it, when there is no clear demarcation of the margin of the lesion, and that includes any segment of the lesion that we're not seeing clearly, we obviously, even if we see 75% of the margin of the lesion and only 25% is indistinct, we'll still refer to it indistinct because we use the worst prognostic feature in this description. But we should not describe indistinct margin if there is normal breast tissue adjacent to it. We should try to reposition the patient to get appropriate views of the margin. A group of skin calcifications that can be shown in mammogram is typically the 
dermal calcifications associated with sebaceous glands or hair follicles. And the way they can ask this on mammogram is they'll show you numerous calcifications that appear to be superficial. And the way they prove to you that it's superficial, they can either get a tangential view of the breast or they can show you the cleavage, meaning that these calcifications extend into the cleavage and they're not related into breast tissue, but rather related to the skin. Another key feature is if you zoom in into those calcifications, you will have a lucent center or lucent density within these calcifications. Again, uh, dermal calcifications, they will have lucent center, they will extend into the cleavage because they're involving the skin and not the breast tissue. And we can get either a cleavage view, but the preferred one is a tangential view because that will prove they're in the skin. Let's take a minute to talk about lipoma appearance on mammogram as well as ultrasound. Obviously on mammogram, they will appear as large circumscribed mass with lucent lesion because they're contained fat. So again, it will be well circumscribed mass as a lipoma would be with lucent compared to the rest of the breast tissue because it contains fat. Now on ultrasound, and this is different from majority of the body, we know that fat is hyperechoic, but in the breast when we're imaging lipomas, we can expect them to be either hyper or hypoechoic. Again, lipomas on the breast may be hypo or hyperechoic on imaging. Let's end with this question and we'll pick it up next time. What are contraindications for breast conservation treatment? Number one is inability to achieve negative surgical margins because of the tumor. For example, the tumor is diffuse and involves a lot of the breast and we cannot get a clear enough margin or we have inflammatory breast cancer or the tumor is so large compared to the breast size that we cannot get enough negative margins. At that point, we have to take the whole breast out. Another contraindication to breast conservation is inability to complete radiation for multiple reasons. One is can be social dilemma. So the patient lives far away. The patient is too old. They can't come to multiple visits for radiation. And so at that point, we'll decide to take the whole breast or, for example, the patient had prior epsilateral breast radiation and they still developed cancer in the same breast. Pregnancy is a contraindication to radiation and so we would have to take out the breast. Finally, and this is important as it can be asked both in the board questions or we can see in live scenarios, collagen vascular disease. And the problem with those, if you radiate these processes, uh, because of their collagen instability or because of their disorder, they will have problem healing after radiation. And so those patients do not get radiation therapy, rather they get total mastectomy. Again, collagen or vascular disease such as lupus or scleroderma, they do not get radiation because they have problem healing. And this is also important for uh, you know, throat cancer or neck cancer. Those patients with scleroderma or lupus, they do not get radiation as it can cause necrosis of the skin. 
and they will have problems healing. And finally, another contraindication to breast conservation therapy is multicentric disease. What is multicentric disease? Is a disease that affects multiple parts of the breast, meaning separated, and those separation is classified as five centimeter apart. Again, multicentric cancer, five centimeter apart in different parts of the breast is contraindication for breast conservation. To summarize all these factors, again, one, inability to achieve negative margin for whatever reason, inability to complete radiation regardless of the reason, and finally, multicentric disease.